0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Phil's View of the Movies. This month, we're going to look back at the award season and ask, did they get it right or did it go wrong this year? So hi, Phil, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Um, thanks for having me on again, guys.
0: Hey, You're no welcome. Problem, you. this, this is your slot. And I just want to do something different with the awards because you get all these people in advance of the awards saying, oh, who should win and whatever, and then everybody seems to forget it the day after. Now that we've just passed all that, I just want to look back and think, did the right films win? And we'll break it down to those three main award ceremonies, first one being the Golden Globes. And to be fair, I was surprised overall how many matched the Oscar and BAFTA winners this year so it doesn't always happen what are your thoughts on it generally the Golden Globes
1: I think the Golden Globes is probably like the least credible award ceremony of all of them but what I do think is it always has the the best host it's always got really funny people pushing the boundaries so I think Ricky Gervais has done it a few times and Amy Poehler has done it a few times as well and that's about as good as I think the Golden Globes get Right, Um, because Ricky Gervais
0: always goes down a storm with those Hollywood types, doesn't
1: he? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they love him. Most of the award ceremonies, like the BAFTAs and the Oscars, are voted for by the people in the industry. But the Globes are voted for by the Foreign Press Association, which is about 90-odd people. And I always think that it's about who they get good interviews from and who they get good coverage from. I think the most famous one was when Johnny Depp's film The Tourist, got a lot of nominations and it was like it was just a terrible terrible film i quite um, like the tourists. Yeah. no it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> i think that the globes is one of those ones it throws up a lot peculiarities um because of their weird is it a comedy or a musical or is it a drama which i think you want to talk about a little bit
0: as you say they split it the best comedy and best drama and have a whole tranche of awards on either side of that so best comedy this year was green book now, there's some very dramatic moments in Green Book.
1: Do you think it was right putting it there? It absolutely categorically is not a comedy. Um, I was looking at the nominations again, and I think that so the other four no- nominations in comedy or musical was Crazy Rich Asians, which is a rom-com. So, yeah, we could say that's a comedy. The Favourite, which I think you could probably do. Mary Poppins Returns, I guess, is getting there. Cool. And Vice, so... I'm not convinced Vice or Green Book fit into that category. I certainly don't think Green Book should be winning any awards for Best Anything, oh. which, which, which we're probably going to be talking about. Oh, like, I think we'll be covering that as well. that little bombshell quite a bit, Phil. If you look at my website, which I'm sure you have, I, I, reviewed, have. I reviewed Green Book uh, way before it got nominated for anything because I, I was lucky to see quite an advanced preview of it. And it's a good film. It's fine. But it absolutely shouldn't win any awards for best film of any sort. I quite like award season. I think it's great fun because you get all these sort of debates and everyone's talking about films and that's obviously the point. Sometimes there's a film that I quite like and then it gets nominated for awards and it actually sours the film a little for me. And I think the last time that really happened for me was The King's Speech, which I thought was a great film. And then it went and won Best Picture. And I was like, no, no, it's it's fine, but it's not a Best Picture film. And that's exactly how I feel about Green Book. It's not a popularity sort of thing. It's not, a, no, oh, okay. other people like this. So it's more of a, I guess this is the big thing about award ceremonies, because what is it that should win Best Picture? So Jeff and I were talking about what's the biggest snub? And I said, Raging Bull, not winning Best Picture and Ordinary People winning is the biggest <laughs> snub in Australia history. And what did you say, Jeff? You said it ordinary was Ordinary film A film to admire, not a film to enjoy. Absolutely. like that. I mean... So it's what do you think is the criteria for winning a Best Picture? And it just being a fun film and it just being an enjoyable no, no, film no, no, is, no, 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 no. isn't the criteria right, for okay.
0: Best Picture. So, so this was a... A Twitter debate. Let's have the real debate now, then, on this. So, forget talking about this year's awards. Th- listeners, this is a flashback to 1980. What should have won? Raging Bull is a great film. And there's no denying that. It's technically brilliant, but it's not a film you can like and it's not a film you really get into the characters of. I like Wh- it. <laughs> <laughs> I think so do I. Whereas, with Ordinary People, which, again, the very title given the people in the film is almost satirical, because they're not ordinary, you get really into those characters. You understand them all by the end of that film. Even though it's a low-key drama, it's much more effective, much more powerful than and Bull, which is flashy and fine and forgettable.
1: Oh, that's unbelievable. So let's take that back. You said that you can get into the characters and you can really sort of understand them. If we take that all the way back to what we were talking about, Green Book, is that what you think is the case for Green Book? Because those characters are caricatures. They're, they're real people, Phil? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the, in the film, but they're not caricatures of just the racist guy who learns that actually not everyone's can be lumped into one bucket and the posh sort of guy who doesn't fit into any sort of society that he'd like to fit into. They're not deep and meaningful. Even compare it to something like Ordinary People, which again is a very good film. Yeah, it doesn't fit into that category at all.
0: So putting it into historical perspective is you've got all the segregation and integration that that film deals with. And yet you've got all these other films around it that we seem to be getting, like Gangster Squad and Captain America that seem to say that there never was a need for segregation. So I think it's a timely reminder. I think it's good. I like Vigo Mortensen playing against type. I thought he was excellent and great
1: fun. So I don't contest that it isn't good. But if you want to have a film about racism that you want to give awards to, We've got Black Klansman that was this year, and it was a million times better. Or if you want to do that last year, I think it was, or maybe the year before, there was Detroit by Catherine Bigelow. That was exceptionally good about racism and segregation. And then what you've got here is you've got a safe film that's kind of -of middle-of-the-road entertaining that's perfectly fine and they're giving it awards. And it's not on the same level as Black Klansman or Detroit or any of those sorts of films.
0: Neither Detroit nor Black Klansman made it to that audience. You're putting across a widespread message that that is very positive. Surely that must mean something.
1: We're talking about the criteria for best film, not the criteria for trying to reach many people about racism. It's already reached many people. It's done really well at the box office but you're saying that popular
0: isn't good then
1: no i'm saying that just because something's popular doesn't mean that you can give it a best picture award because then we could say well let's give best picture to avengers infinity war because that was really really popular and reached lots of people or titanic or sound
0: of music or the godfather
1: but it's fine and it's right that we reach lots of people and we have a good message That's fine. I get that. That doesn't mean it's the best film, does it? Well, that's always subjective,
0: isn't it? And what we're saying is, do you want a best film that's a wonderful piece of art and nobody bloody watches it? Or do you want a film that's really good but reaches a wide audience and has something positive to say?
1: So I don't think that a film that has already reached a wide audience needs a boost, whereas if Black Klansman, which we'll take that one because it's on the same sort of wavelength, that didn't reach as wide an audience. And if that had won Best Picture at any of these awards, then maybe it would have got put on a lot more screenings and then people would have gone to see that. And it's a better film. And people would have gone to see that. I don't think it is film. a better film.
0: I, and I say in that, I like the film a lot, but I think it's uneven, whereas I think Green Book is very focused.
1: But that is the beauty of the award stuff, isn't it? Uh, unless we want to make this the Green Book conversation. Well, it's said it's <laughs> in that way, isn't it? Um, let, let
0: me... Let's end this then by making this statement. Yesterday, Graham and I were at, at this director's workshop. This Mark Jobs, Mark Jobs, had worked with um, what's his name again, Masala. What's his
1: film? Mahershala Ali.
0: He'd worked with him on one of these Marvel bollocks on Netflix.
1: Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah.
0: So we were talking to Mark, and Mark said, "What did you think of Green Book?" And uh, I said, "I really liked it." And he said, oh, "I didn't." He said, "To me." and this is a director speaking, to me, Black Klansman is a better film and that should have been winning the awards. So that backs up your argument and undermines mine.
1: Well, this is the, the thing, though. So when we look at that, we're going to talk about three awards ceremonies, aren't we? And we're talking about who... Votes I hope for to, time permitting, Phil, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we talk about... It's, it's interesting to see sort of based on who votes for those. So obviously, Golden Globes is a bunch of journalists and the other two are, are the people in the industry but you get a slightly different result depending on which industry, like which section of the industry it is.
0: Yeah, and this is where we'll come back to Green Book because clearly what they thought in the Golden Globes overlapped with what they thought in the Oscars. Although I think when we get to it, I think there was a niche problem this year with the Oscars, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's just jump to best drama. And I think we can both agree (laughs) that this was just a bloody nonsense. Best drama, Bohemian
2: Rhapsody.
3: No.
1: No. I loved it to bits, but no. I've upset quite a few of my friends by pointing out that I'm not that huge a Queen fan. And as a result, this is one of the more boring films that I could ever have watched because... Essentially, the last 20 minutes of it is just like watching a concert movie. You know, like at the West End, and you get what they refer to as jukebox musicals. Yeah. That's essentially what this is. It's basically take me as quickly as possible through Queen's greatest hits and then give me 20 minutes of Queen songs at the end. And that's great if you're a Queen fan. And I put that in my review. I said, if you're a Queen fan, this is great. You're going to love it. It inspired Neil to fan, grow a Freddie moustache. oh oh, 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 that's slow if you're not a queen fan then there's nothing really there for you so the fact that it's a drama instead of going into the musical category is bizarre for the golden globes in general yes again on the subject of what i was just saying about it's not the best film of this year it's not the best film of that genre the things that Popped into my head to sort of talk about it was let's talk about something like Ray or Walk the Line and then put Bohemian Rhapsody next to them and go all three of those films are highly nominated and award winning music graphics. So let's put Ray and Walk the Line and Bohemian Rhapsody next to each other. Does Bohemian Rhapsody even come like close to those other two films?
0: Again, something peculiar happened. I mean, this film made three quarters of a billion dollars worldwide, which for that type of film is unheard of. And I don't know the reason why. But it made a connection. I totally agree with you. It shouldn't be in Best Drama. It should have been in Musical and Comedy section. But something happened with that film last year and it made a connection.
2: I am a Queen fan. I enjoyed it. But I didn't think it should win any awards, especially not for Best Actor. I mean I just thought that was madness. I mean it's a good film. It's fine. You know, if you like Queen it's
1: that's that sounds like my argument for Green Book as well. No oh, <laughs> It's it's fine. But
2: I mean the central question here is what are the award ceremonies meant to do? Are they meant to give awards to the Technically the best, artistically the best, visually the best. What's most popular. Most popular. What's the role? Is it? Are they meant to be leading the cinema, going public and saying, look, over here, this is really clever and this is really poignant and this reflect current society or this is a, a fantastic story about a historical event? I really don't understand what the Academy Awards are for. We all seem to get our knickers in a twist about them every year. Some little indie films, which I think are probably the best films I've seen. And they don't—they never get a mention. Uh, you Were Never Really There, I thought was yeah. m- a masterpiece. And the other one is the the one with the girl and her father in the forest.
1: Without a trace.
2: Without a trace as it well. It disappeared without one. Uh, it did. And it... It's, ah, oh, I've watched it about four or five times now. It's phenomenal. To, about the human condition, think, about post-traumatic stress disorder, about parents and about society. It's just brilliant. And it's beautifully I, shot. I think,
1: I think you've hit the nail on the head about what a reward ceremony is meant to do, though, because they're meant to do this. We're now... All talking about it, and in the two months, three months leading up to them, everyone's talking about it. It fills column inches, it talks about lots and lots and lots of films, it creates buzz, and people go and watch these films at the cinema. That's what it's meant to do. It almost doesn't matter what wins because if something that people don't like wins, 10 years, 20 years' time, somebody's going to be saying, Oh, can you believe when Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book won all those awards? Oh, that's ridiculous. In the same way that, you know, we're talking about should Raging Bull or Ordinary People have won 39 years ago? Because we then think about that it's in the zeitgeist and people go and watch this film that's what it's meant to do I think
0: I think what it is is that rare moment where artistic quality meets popular opinion those are the films that win awards and it's a very difficult balance
3: but then you have to add in the amount that the studios force it into recognition of the of the academy the amount of money that was passed around when certain people were doing it there's loads of things but yes I, I agree with Bill suddenly cinema is in the front page news, effectively, and, and so it should be. It's good to have it. It's two months, three months of everybody talking about films. Yeah, but that's just a
2: side effect. I mean, my, my point is, what is the Academy Award for? And you can't just say it's to raise awareness uh, uh, about films in general. You, you really need to to lead or point or, or in, help people to say, this film is really, really good. For these reasons, and we think it 's got this incredible cinematography, or we think the story is so is really well done,
1: but do you think that changes each year, though, because this year you could say that the academy decided that they wanted to show that racism was on their minds, so they voted for a film that yeah. you know would bring that to the attention. In the same way, I I can't remember what year it was, but Crash won Best Picture. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, yeah, the David Cronenberg one's really good.
0: No, no, I I wasn't meaning that one. I like that one as well. But I take your point. (laughs) Uh, Let's take Scorsese. Here's a great example, right? He won his Oscar for The Departed, yet he was nominated for and
1: didn't win for Goodfellas, which I think is a far better film. And Taxi Driver and Raging Bull.
0: No, no, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull aren't in the quality of um, Goodfellas. They're good films but they're not as up there with that. Goodfellas is a masterpiece. In your view. Goodfellas it is a masterpiece. Is a good, no, it is a good... Goodfellas is
2: an, no, but I, but a masterpiece, and Taxi Driver is just as equal a masterpiece. I would think
0: the Departed is less than Taxi Driver and Raging Boss. Yes, well, I'll give true. you that one, Phil.
1: I know like the order that um, we're going to talk about this, there's this whole thing of, do you know what? We should have given that guy an award like three or four times before, so oh, we need to do something. Yeah. about this we need to write that and I know that the next one we were going to talk about Best Actress and no I haven't seen The Wife um, so I can't talk about the quality of Glenn Close's performance in it but I know that there was big talk about her winning purely because of the exact same reason why people say Scorsese won for The Departed because they've nominated her so many times before for really great performances and they didn't give it to her you know it comes back to that thing of you know, people end up getting awards for oh, we need to do it. We need to do that now.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting that The Wife, this is the only place where it won. It was expected to go on and win everything else. And then Olivia Colman just, and we'll talk about her in a bit, sort of swept everything up. But yeah, again, I haven't seen The Wife. I'll catch her in the future. So let's go to Best Actor and Christian Bale. Now, this again, he was expected to clean up for fantastic performances, Dick Cheney, and yet he just won here. And what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think Christian Bale is an outstanding actor. I, th- I think his performance in this film is just top-notch. It's insanely good, and I think that the only reason that he didn't win across the board is probably just because the film kind of ran out of juice in terms of that sort of buzz and sort of and in the same way that Bohemian Rhapsody did pick up steam and Vice didn't. And I think Christian Bale would have been a deserved winner given the nominees. Just didn't work out for him other than at the Golden Globes.
0: Do you think part of it might be that Dick Cheney's such a divisive character and still with us, unfortunately, that that might be one of the reasons why Bale didn't win?
1: I mean, it's possible, but I, I think it is purely down to Christian Bale has been at award ceremonies before. He's won, I think he's won the Oscar for supporting actor once or twice. So I think it's one of those ones where they went, This other film's picking up steam, lots of people are going to watch it. So actually, we're going to go for this other film because this guy's already won stuff before. And frankly, Christian Bale's so good that I wouldn't be surprised if he was going to get nominated and win at least once more, you know, in the next sort of five, ten years, etc. cetera.
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised. He's brilliant. But then he's Welsh, so he's expected. <laughs> to start wrapping up the Golden Globes and move on. The most well-deserved win, and it never featured anywhere else, in fact, wasn't even nominated, it was Justin Hurwitz's score for, for First Man. We've had this discussion in the past. Oh, a lot of problems with First Man the film, but the music was fantastic. Do you agree on that one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think First Man the film was fantastic, and I'm surprised that that didn't feature in a lot of different I'm not. places. I think the score is outstanding, and the only thing that I've heard uh, in the last year's sort of pick of films that I think was better didn't win anything, which was um, If Bill Street Could Talk. I think it was nominated at the Oscars. I'm not sure if it was nominated. It was nominated at the Oscars, yeah. Yeah, I think First Man's score was outstanding, and If Bill Street Could Talk was possibly slightly better.
0: I can't judge. I haven't heard that score yet. No. I'm sad to say. So uh, you've got one over on me there, Phil. (laughs) Okay. That was expected. A, A quick romp through the Golden Globes. It took a bit longer than I thought. Let's get the BAFTA. That usual British bias pisses me off every year.
1: I was going to say that um, I love it when it's on the news, whatever, the the following day, and they always go, oh, Britain did really well at the Oscars, or Britain did really well at the BAFTAs, and they took five awards, as if it's like a competition between countries, as opposed to, like, there's lots of different people from all countries making films.
0: Uh, And I do get annoyed with BAFTA that it's not shown live. It really irritates the hell out of me. Because if you can't be asked to show it live, whereas the Oscars do, can't be bothered. Anyway, Roma won. Best film. Who'd have thought it, eh? Mm. I'll give that film another go. I got 20 minutes in and started nodding off. So Mm. I'll give it a go. But you really enjoyed it, didn't you?
1: I did really enjoy it. I think it's technically superb. I think it's really well acted. But what I think is the issue, and I think you've just pointed out there, is that For 99% of us, it's on television. And everyone I've tried to suggest to watch this film, I've caveated it with, you need to make sure that your phone's off and out of the way, that there's going to be no distractions. You're not going to get up and quickly put the dishwasher on or something like that. Because I feel that it's such a slow burn sort of film about characters, that if you can't sort of get 30 or 40 minutes in without a single distraction you're not going to get taken into that world. And that's why I like sitting in a cinema as opposed to watching it on on a TV screen, albeit I have a large TV screen and, you know, as best as I can in terms of sound. I thought it was great. Is it a film to admire rather than a film to love?
0: I'd go further, Phil. I'd say get a hard wooden bench, maybe a couple of nails, (laughs) anywhere away from cushions or you're away. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it another go. But of course... After it's going to favour the British. The Favourite won Best British Film. Fair enough. Olivia Colman, Best Actress. Rachel Voice Best Supporting Actress. Do you think those awards are justified or is it just British bias?
1: I would not take that away from any of those. I think it was a great film. I think both those performances are fantastic. It's the sort of award that I wouldn't argue. So I think there are other things that are better, and I'm sure we'll get to that at the end. As I would argue against Green Book or against Bohemian Rhapsody, I wouldn't argue against the favourite winning anything.
0: And yet Emma Stone seems to have been forgotten.
1: I think that is a true example of the British bias, because I think Rachel Vice and Emma Stone were nominated for supporting. So I think that is, you can clearly go, oh, well, it's the BAFTAs and they're going to vote for the British woman over the American woman. I probably would fall on that if I had to pick Rachel Vice's performance was better. But I guess if you're gonna have that argument, I'd actually probably argue that none of them are supporting actresses. They're all leads because they That's all share point. the film. Exactly. If I was gonna do that, I'd say Rachel Vice probably nudges out Olivia Coleman. But because we have to put them into different categories. And that, you know, Olivia Coleman is the queen, therefore she's the lead. So,
0: yeah, it's interesting. For me, Emma Stone was the one because it's her journey you follow. And I thought she was just brilliant in it.
2: And okay. she dodges books really well. Puts
0: yes. Books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <It> puts <laughs> her foot on a rabbit nicely as well. Oh, yes. So let's go on to the animated award. And this was a clean sweep in all the award season
1: uh, Spider Man
0: yeah. Into the Spider Verse. I think that's and
1: one you so, like. Yeah, I, I thought this film was fantastic. And I, I gave it my number one film of last year. I just thought it was exceptional. I mean, it might help that just to the right of me, as as in where I'm sitting at the moment, there is a long box full of Dan Slott's 200-odd comic run on The Amazing Spider-Man, quite like Spider-Man in general. But I thought as animated films go, it tried different styles. It, Looks like an old-fashioned comic in places, and it was just kinetic and fun. It was great. It really was great, and I'm so glad that it actually won because I was slightly nervous that, especially at the Oscars, they might go boring and just go Pixar because that's kind of almost yeah. the fallback is just give it to Pixar. Um, and I'm really glad that it won across the board. Yeah,
2: I, I loved it because it broke every single rule. I just thought it was great. I thought the the look of it was fantastic. I thought the, you know, five second origin story was brilliant. You know, Willie just kept saying, and Gwen Stacy, yeah, I joined a band and I saved some people and a, and a friend died and, and that's my origin story. Next, move on. And I just thought, this is really pounding along and it's really good. And when they introduced uh, Morales as well, I thought, oh, this is really good. And they made it very funny with him and his dad. And then I didn't see the switch coming with his uncle. It was just so well done. And I liked the way that everything was drawn. And I thought the kingpin was just perfect. You know, with this huge, overpowering, evil presence. It was just brilliant. Everything about it. I came out grinning like a or cat. It yeah, was really great.
3: same. Same. I love the way they've done the backgrounds as a yes. sort of double. Yeah. So it sort of you look like. Oh, should we be wearing three D glasses? glasses? No, yes. no, no, no. We're all right. It's uh, yeah. It's the background. It's supposed yeah. to be shaded out. As it, yeah. Out of focus. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And if you just freeze frame and see all the way they've done it with the dots and the.
2: And it was so funny. Yeah.
1: What was what was Jeff's opinion on this? Was this just another superhero film? Do you I've not seen you it. Actually... I didn't have to watch oh, it. I avoided okay.
2: it. Yeah. Oh. as usual
1: I would, I would just be interested to see whether because I know you're not a hugely big fan of superheroes but I was just wondering given how sort of different it is and how much sort of interesting ideas were in there I was wondering if maybe it might sort of fall into like you know okay for you to,
0: to be <laughs> honest everybody says it's great so yes it is on my list I would watch it
1: I'm not expecting you to love it Jeff I'm just expecting like you know it was alright <laughs> maybe to pass out of your mouth
0: okay fair <laughs> enough So let's go on to music then. And uh, First Man, of course, didn't feature. Star is Born won everything. Now, you're a big fan of that music, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I am. I thought Star is Born was great. And actually, around the time that it came out, for about a month after it came out, I thought it was going to sweep everything, and it didn't really happen. I was quite surprised. I think, it's again, it's one of those ones you can't really argue with, or at least I wouldn't argue with it.
0: i like to have seen First Man there, and I think, it's a bizarre thing. We used to have awards ceremony that did one for songs and for musical categories and then one for instrumentals. But they've now amalgamated them, so it's a difficult position. I am pleased, though, that Free Solo won Best Documentary, both at the BAFTA and the Oscars. I thought that was brilliant.
1: I've not been able to catch it. I think it's on National Geographic yeah, or something that's like I that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I've not I've not had the chance to see it yet, but I, I do want to watch it. Again, it's one of those ones that I've heard I don't know if I had any IMAX screenings, but I've heard that like on a really huge screen it's meant to be quite awe inspiring.
0: If you had a problem with Vertigo, that film would destroy you. So finally then, before we leave BAFTAs, Rising Star Award went to Letitia Wright for some daft superhero movie. I thought the <laughs> movie was daft, but I thought she was great. Do you think that's a
1: deserved award? I looked at the list and so this is this one's voted for by the public isn't it I'm not surprised the biggest or one of the biggest films of the year you know there's an actress from that so therefore that gets it I would have gone for Jesse Buckley though I'd seen Beast about six months old and I thought that it was a really stunning little film I'm not sure if you've seen it it's a serial killer in Jersey
2: yeah it's on my list Um,
1: She's really, really good. It's a really good little film, actually. So I would have gone for her anyway because I'd seen that film. But about a week or so ago, I saw a preview of Wild Rose, which has got Jessie Buckley in it, um, about a Scottish wannabe country singer. And she's brilliant in it. And so that's two films. I've, I've not seen her in anything else. Have you seen her in two those two films? She's great in both. So that's probably where I would have gone. For. But yeah, I'm not surprised that You put this vote out to the public and the person in the superhero film wins.
0: Black Panther is an extremely overrated film, but uh, (sighs) she was good it. So let's go to the big one then the Oscars. Obviously, Green Book deserved Best Film Winner. I'm sure you'll have nothing to say about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, for for the Best Picture, because they had seven, well, they're allowed ten and they had seven. And essentially, when I looked through those seven, and I, I think I said this to you before the awards, and I think when they announced them, Bohemian Rhapsody is seventh out of those seven, and Green Book is sixth out of those seven. Now, again, I think Green Book's good. I just think that the other five films that are there are better than it. And, of course, I I don't know if we're going to talk about it at the end, but there are so many films that aren't on that list, they're allowed to have ten, and I don't understand why they only have seven, when I could name half a dozen films to fill that other three slots. Let's talk about
0: that now. What else would you put on that slot? Because I know one Um, I would.
1: A Quiet Place, I thought that was exceptional. I yeah. guess it doesn't get in because it's slightly horror. But if we're going to talk about A Star Is Born being there and it's a directorial debut, I think John Krasinski's, it's his second film, but I thought it was really good. Mission Impossible Fallout, for, you know, it's an amazing action film. If the Oscars want to look relevant, why don't they stick that on there? It's not going to win, but stick it on there. And then if we're going to go sort of more art house, already talked about You and Never Really Here, Leave No Trace, First Man, Annihilation, Widows. What about The Ballad of Buster Scruggs? What about spider All of those films and I'm not saying I don't expect them to win Best Picture for the Oscar and we were talking about what is the Oscars about and yep. why is it there. If you've got ten spots and you want to look relevant why don't you use the other three slots? You could put Mission Impossible Fallout you could put You Were Never Really Here. and you could put A Quiet Place. You've got A really big action film, you've got a little art house indie and you've got a kind of thriller horror and everyone complains that the Oscars overlooks action, overlooks horror, etc. Just put it in there. It's not going to win, but then at least you're looking a bit more relevant.
0: I'm with you on A Quiet Place and I can see that and I think that should have been nominated, less so with Mission Impossible Fallout because it's just another one in a series and it's really good and it's a superior film. I'm in two minds on that. The one for me that's missing that should be there and it isn't there because it flopped is Bad Times at the El Royale, which I think is an amazing piece of work. And the fact that that was just snubbed all through the award season, I think is a real shame.
1: I think we've talked about it before. Um, I think it's okay. I think the first two thirds are really good. I didn't dig the ending particularly. But again, you know, they've got three extra slots. If it's about having something that's a bit more sort of, India a bit more sort of niche don't see anything you know against it and as for Mission Impossible it's a big action movie they've stuck Black Panther on there because they want to look and, and,
0: and that shouldn't be on there either in my book I mean uh, Avengers Infinity Wars isn't on there and yet that's a much better film
1: but there's a theme though isn't there because if you want to talk about diversity and racism Black Panther broke boundaries in terms of its cast its director it's something that Hollywood isn't very good at, so they're showing that. Oh, look, this film's here. It's it's something that we should all go and watch. You know, you you can say, you know, Black Ladsman, Black Panther, and Green Book are all in there and all saying, you know, this group of people that are mostly middle-aged white men, we wear with it. That's what they're saying.
0: Mahershala Ali, clean sweep, best supporting actor for Green Book. What are your thoughts on his performance? And I know your uh, I thoughts think, on the film, but on him yeah, in yeah, particular. Yeah,
1: so I think he's the best thing in the film. I really do. I think so. I think he's an outstanding actor. I thought he's great in Moonlight. I think that he's really good. I don't have any qualms with him getting a clean sweep. I think he is really, really good. If we're talking about overlooks. that the only performance that I kind of think I would have given this to, and I know it's never would have won in a million years but it's Tom Waits in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. But
2: that's I think Netflix, he was genius.
1: though. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, if they'd done a, a Roma and put it in four cinemas or whatever is the yes. bare minimum, yeah. when I, like, look through and you go, oh, but there's this, they could have done that, etc., the best supporting actor, I think, I think actually, it's probably right. I think Mahershala Ali was really, really good, and he's certainly the best thing in the film.
0: I, I think Vigo's better, uh, because I think it's more of an interest in performance but he is good i mean he's good in everything he was great in uh, true detective this year whatever he turns his hand to he's brilliant so can't really disagree but let's go on to something that is a bit more controversial rami malik winning just about everything as freddie mercury
1: i don't know if he won an emmy for mr robot but i'd be behind that well i would say he's the best thing in bohemian rhapsody but i feel like he's doing more impersonation than an acting sort of job and then when I look at the, just even look at those nominees, don't even, you know, I could probably list lots of people who weren't nominated, but if you just look at the nominees, Christian Bale was in there and Bradley Cooper was in there. They're both better performances, I think. But Actually, I, I would agree is, with you. I would agree. For me, the, the best performance, the best male actor performance of the year was Joaquin Phoenix in um, You're Never Really Here.
2: Without a doubt, but, I have never seen a performance that intense. And there is a moment at the end of the... And this is another spoiler. There is a moment at the end of the film where he comes into a room and he just takes his shirt off in total frustration and sits down on the floor and starts crying. And I thought, that's a man at the top of his game right there because they just caught the moment beautifully, the actual frustration and the, I can't do any more. I'm finished. I'm out of here. That's it. It's over. All of that in just one, he mm. didn't even speak in it. It was just tremendous acting.
0: But there's another actor who won his Oscar for doing an impersonation of a singer, Johnny yeah, Cash in and, Walk the Line.
1: Okay, so talking about actors, sort of, you know, you win for the wrong film necessarily. So, Joaquin Phoenix is really, really great in You're Never Really Here, but he's already won for Walk the Line. So, are they going to vote for him? Jeff Bridges is one of my favourite actors and he won Best Actor for Crazy Heart, which is a really, really good film. It's yep. a good performance. But he beat out Colin Firth in A Single Man. Now Colin Firth's performance in A Single Man is outstanding. Um, now go one go one go one year on and Jeff Bridges has given one of the greatest performances in true grit that he's ever given and Colin Firth has done The King's Speech, I think that's the right way around, or maybe it's the other way around.
0: No, no, it's right, yeah.
1: But essentially, I think they should flip that. They should just swap those Oscars around. So Jeff Bridges should have his best actor award for True Grit and not Crazy Heart, and Colin Firth should have his for A Single Man and not The King's Speech. But it kind of works out. But, you know, that's why Joaquin Phoenix, you know, in a, in an indie film doing this amazing performance, he's not nominated because people are thinking, oh, well, he's already got one. And, uh, that-, and
2: that that's an interesting point because they do say Oscar winner, Jimmy Smith or whatever his name is. You know, they don't say who won it for this particular performance. It's just the fact that you've got the Oscar, isn't it, really?
1: Rami Malek, no, no.
0: Just I think, no. I think we can all agree on that one. What about Regina King in If Beale Street Could Talk, which I haven't seen?
1: Really good film, really good score. Regina King essentially has one supporting actress for one specific scene in that film, which trying to be not that spoilery is essentially, it's a scene about a mother trying to do something good for her daughter and her daughter's husband. That's about as unspoiler as I could be. It's a really, really gut-wrenching scene. It's really, really great. And she's solid everywhere else in the film, but, you know, it, just playing a mum. I think if you see that scene, you probably would be like, it's fantastic. You know, she's deserving. People have won supporting actor, actresses, Oscars for being in the film for five, ten minutes. Was it Judy Dench in Shakespeare in Love was in it for like ten minutes or whatever and won supporting actress. So that's fine but talking about who could have won, my absolute nailed-on, I-can't-believe not even nominated, Widows, Elizabeth Debicki. How did she not win supporting actresses? No, that was a brilliant
0: performance. Absolutely. But Widows is a film that was overlooked in many categories. I think there were great performances from pretty much all of the cast on that. I'm with you that Debicki was just tremendous when I watched it. So, yeah, we shall see. Charging on. So I just want to talk about Roma. Now, I think and this is where I'm being controversial, so correct me if you think I'm wrong, and we'll never know, because they'll never release the score in. They put Roma into two categories, Best Foreign Language Film and Best Film, and I think that cost it winning Best Film. And I say that because the Best Director, Caron, he won in that category, which is usually a good indication that mm. they would win Best Film. Do you think that's what happened?
1: I don't think winning Best Picture and Director it goes quite as hand-in-hand as it used to anymore. I think there's a lot more instances where that doesn't happen. I think given what I've read sort of since and sort of Spielberg's apparent campaign against Roma and campaign for what is the next best horse that we should go for, I don't think he was going to win Picture anyway. But, and this is my confirmation bias now coming out, I kind of feel that he's won Best Director because they know that Green Book's not like technically like brilliant (laughs) yeah so so green book's good it's enjoyable etc but then they're feeling a bit conflicted about this and they go hang on Roma technically brilliant deeply personal film brave sort of film to do in terms of black and white subtitles etc and because there was no consensus on what the best pick was is it the favorite is it Roma is it green book I'm going to go for for that one because that's far more Oscary, if you see what I mean. I don't think it was a... I've already voted it for it in Best Foreign Language, so I won't vote for it here.
0: Personally, I would have voted Farrelly for Best Director because I think... <laughs> oh, no, no, I think it's, it's a difficult subject, and yes, he's treated it lightly, and this is why people don't like Green Book, because, you know, they think it's looking down on, on people. But it's a difficult subject, and Farrelly gets more people in by having a lightness of tone so that when it comes to its darker moments, they have more impact. That's just my view on it. Okay, but the biggest bollocks of the evening, Ludwig Gorenson winning Best Music for Black Panther. Really? And and First Man not even being nominated. I mean, pff, disgraceful. Yeah, girl.
1: I don't know how many awards Black Panther won, but I think that they certainly wanted to give it. Again, we're putting this here because it's a cultural sort of milestone. Let's give it some awards. And I think it kicked up special effects awards, et cetera. Technical awards, yeah.
0: Mm, yeah, and, Because we don't know what else to
1: give it. You know, that's why it's got this here. But I think that, you know, what we talked about is there wasn't a big consensus on the score this year. I've already said my favourite was Bill Street. Yours was First Man, which didn't even get on there. I know. Yeah, maybe it's one of those ones where when there's not sort of some real front runners, some really sort of big ones there, that, you know, you can get this surprise every now and then.
0: I think, and let's look back at previous years' Oscars, and and this is one where, you know, we'll give it some technical awards because you're not going to get in with the main awards. And the best example of that was E.T. in 82. E.T. won Best Special Effects against Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. You're thinking, you're having a laugh. The Special Effects in E.T. are terrible, other than the creature itself. A lot of the flying stuff is just nonsense. But E.T. was up there for the best film. It was never going to win it against Gandhi little guy in a long cloth against, you know, an alien. Uh, it was never going to win. You're right, Graham.
2: Gandhi was a fantastic film. Yes. Absolutely. no, it was overlong. It was brilliant. It was
0: overlong. As <laughs> Richard Attenborough himself said to me, and he that, did say it to me, yeah. he said, he saw E.T. and thought, you know, this is a much better film than Gandhi. This is the film that should win.
3: He's a very nice man. He would
0: have said that. He yeah. did say that. <laughs> I was there when he said it. And um, Gandhi is just overlong and rather dull and pretentious. It's big story. It's not dull and pretentious. It's a great E.T., same message, puts it across much better.
2: (laughs) Right. Okay. Fine. Move on. Phil. Jeff's dehydrating and (laughs) starting to ramble now.
0: What (laughs) um, what do you think were the biggest snubs of the uh, awards this year?
1: Well, we've talked about some of them already. I put together what I would have probably given. So what I was thinking was so I thought best film probably should have gone to a quiet place didn't appear anywhere so a quiet place could well have got actor actress director picture i thought it was you know it had all of those sort of awards we've already talked about actor i think joaquin phoenix was outstanding actress we've already mentioned a little bit so thomason mckenzie in leave no trace outstanding performance and i think that i'm surprised she didn't feature anywhere because that could have been I think, I think it might have been her first film. She's only a young woman. Yeah, that could have been a, a success story that they could have sold and spun.
2: Yep, I agree. When I watched it, I didn't know anything about her, and I started to look look at her work, and I thought, hang on, she's, this is
1: her first film. How can this be? We talked about Elizabeth Debicki for Supporting Actress. I think that's about it. We talked about Tom Waits for Supporting Actor. Uh, the other film, I feel, that just missed out entirely, and again, this falls into the Netflix category, but it certainly had a release in America that would have qualified it, was Annihilation.
0: The science fiction now, film, lot,
1: yeah. I do feel to an extent that the Oscars is about trying to get films out there and put them on people's radar. They had three extra spots. If You put Annihilation on there. I know it's a bit weird, but like the fact that they've got 10 positions for picture, essentially... You know that five of them are kind of almost ruled out immediately because if they don't have a director nomination and maybe another actor or actress, it's kind of not going to win because it's not big enough to get those other awards. So let's fill them out with sort of more interesting or popular film.
0: Let's end on the Razzies. Holmes and Watson, worst film, Donald Trump, worst actor. What do you think, Phil?
1: Well, I'm certainly comfortable with Holmes and Watson being worst film. When I sat in the cinema to watch that, um, it was a few days after Christmas. There were about six people in this huge cinema and no one laughed once. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 300 empty seats and six people scattered about and no one laughed once. And, you know, like the, the credits sort of roll. It's a comedy, so you know that there's a possibility of outtakes or whatever. And I think all six of us all kind of launched out of our seat <laughs> and like went for the exit. What what did Trump get worst actor for?
0: Uh, Just being president, or no? It was the the new one from Michael Moore, wasn't it?
1: Okay, yeah, I guess you know the Razzies are a bit weird like that. So he's a terrible person, so why not give him a, a rubbish award?
0: I had a laugh with Holmes and Watson. They knew it was bad. They tried to sell it to Netflix, and even they told him no.
1: Yeah, I read that, yeah.
0: Okay, Phil, that was brilliant. I look forward to having this discussion with you this time next year when we go through the awards again and tear them apart and disagree. <laughs> and also by that time, I would have persuaded you that Ordinary People is much better than Raging Bull. And uh, <laughs> I look forward to catching up next month when we're talking about streaming versus cinema. Okay, cool. Thanks.
1: Oh, Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you.
2: Bye. Bye.